0: We can't fix self-doubt with self-doubt. So we can't beat ourselves up for not being something whilst also trying to be that very thing. Especially if you've had, and I'm going to use the T word, some people push back on it, but if you've had a trauma in your childhood about feeling laughed at, we don't want to push you too far.
1: And going bright red and my teacher making fun of me, that that has literally scarred me to, to this day, I suppose. Part of the LinkedIn Creator Programme, my mission over the next six weeks is to create a podcast series where I interview other agency founders on exactly what it takes to build a successful agency. Join me as I set out to understand how they think, hopefully, learn some tips and hear their stories. This is Confessions of an Agency Owner. My guest today is Kirsty Hulse, best selling author, confidence coach, motivational speaker, even stand up comedian. I wanted to learn more about how Kirsty teaches people to be more confident in businesses like agencies that can go from client meetings to doing a pitch, or in my case, to getting on stage and doing public speaking. This podcast for me is a massive step out of my comfort zone. And when I approached Kirsty about coming on it, she flipped the whole concept on its head and offered to coach me on the podcast. Find out how it goes on this episode. Have a listen. Hi, Kirsty. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks, Chris. How
1: are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. So today, we're going to do something a little bit different, aren't we? We were talking, I wanted to bring you on to sort of help with confidence and building confidence in especially business leaders. Um, So like myself, this is massively out of my comfort zone, but the LinkedIn um, Accelerator program has kind of forced my hand. And it's not so bad, actually, in the end. But I'm still not ready to stand on stage and speak or things like that. So what we thought we'd do is you literally live coach me on this. How's that going to work?
0: Yeah, so we were talking and then you mentioned that it was really out of your comfort zone and it was something that was quite scary for you. Uh, And so I had this idea of live coaching you because we can talk about confidence in the abstract i can talk about some frameworks or my experience which is valuable but what might be more interesting is if i coach you i do some traditional confidence coaching (laughs) i can see the fear you're not gonna have me standing
1: on one leg and dancing or anything no
0: it's just gonna be a chat it's basically just gonna be okay so i'm gonna coach you and then we'll do that for about 20 minutes. And then at the end, I will share what I did. Um, So for anyone who might run businesses and want to nurture confidence in their teams, watch what I do um, and see if you can notice what I'm doing and at the end I'll confirm that. And then hopefully people listening to this will have some uh, practical ways in which they can support confidence in their teams from like a coaching perspective.
1: Okay, sounds good. Sounds scary, but okay.
0: I I acknowledge Mm -hmm. your bravery. So the way, have you ever been coached before, Chris? Uh, No. Okay, well, here we go. So I'm just going to get some paper, by the way. And worth saying, if at any point I look down, you've not bored me. I'm not disinterested. I'm just writing. So sometimes in coaching, it can be helpful to take notes. So true coaching is just asking a series of thoughtful questions that helps the other person work out solutions I also like leading from this style as well. I think really good managers are really good at telling people what to do, but really powerful leaders um, guide people towards their own solutions. When we find our own solutions, when we figure our own stuff out, research has shown we're more committed to it, we're more likely to stick to it. Especially when we're talking around ethereal concepts like confidence or motivation or initiative. Um, Actually this latter approach of Pure coaching through questions is way more effective than telling people how to do it. Because I could say to you, Chris, oh, but Chris, you'll be really good at this. You don't need to be nervous about this. You've got it and it doesn't work.
1: Yep, definitely doesn't work.
0: <laughs> but this might. <laughs> we'll see. It might do. But... Okay, let's see how this plays out. Okay, so you mentioned this is out of your comfort zone. Tell me about yeah.
1: that. Um. So I think, I mean, do you want to go right back? I mean, I basically... Like, when I was a kid, I remember my first nativity play. Yeah, we've gone back. <laughs> shepherd or something. And I, I pretended I was sick, so I didn't have to do my bit on the stage. But I think one of the big things from being a youngster is I used to go bright red. Mm-hmm. And that one of the triggers of that was actually my uh, – I was in a drama class, uh, lesson in, like, the first year of secondary school. So Mrs. Levers, if you're listening, I remember this. And I went bright red. And after that, like the the nervousness of getting up in front of anyone, or standing on a stage, or st- even talking in front of a big group of people, um, really scares me. Because I guess I just feel like I'm going to go bright red or something. So I think I've, as I've got older, I've got more comfortable with it. I started putting myself out there a bit on social. And now last year, perhaps we started getting the, the video camera involved, and that was really awkward at first, but got that easier and easier. And then this podcast is something I've always kind of wanted to do, but it's one of those things that you just say you want to do, and then I've finally been pushed into doing it, and here we are.
0: It's interesting, even the language, the word pushed, pushed. In, yeah, pushed <laughs> into pushed, it. So is it fair to say that you have a belief or an idea about yourself that you're, like, not a confident person or you're not good on stages? Is that a belief you've often had?
1: Yeah, maybe, or just... I suppose a bit of imposter syndrome as well, like in terms of what you're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just the confidence to, to actually think I can do that. Mm. It just scares the life. So when we rebranded back in 2019, we had a big party here and all I had to do was say a few words. And I, I remember sitting upstairs <laughs> or standing upstairs because <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know why I did it. I didn't die. Nothing happened. You know, it was fine. But it, I think I built it up, that fear in my head.
0: Mm. And do you perceive that fear in your head to be like a baddie? Like a kind of baddie that's getting in your way?
1: I guess it's... Yeah, maybe. It's just anxiety, isn't it? You build up a picture in your head and then it becomes a lot worse than what it really is. Yeah. A bit like a long journey or anything, isn't it? In a car, you sort of think, oh, God, this is going to be horrible, but...
0: Yeah. And I often think, you know, people tend to, like judge themselves if they're scared about certain things like you said it's just anxiety and I think sometimes people will be like oh I shouldn't feel like this I'm a you know I own this agency I've been successful I shouldn't feel this kind of way and sometimes we create not only do we create a story that we can't do something we also create a story that we're somehow failing because we should be able to do the thing um, whereas one of the things that I've observed from like training and coaching, literally tens of thousands of people to be more confident is whenever we have these fears, normally we're protecting ourselves from something and it's actually quite a positive driver. It doesn't necessarily serve us now in the moment, but it can be really helpful. So big question. Um, when you think about your imposter syndrome, we'll use that language cause that worked for you. What are you protecting yourself from?
1: looking stupid i guess humiliation
0: yeah
1: i think it's um that's the fear isn't it, 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 it the people you know or, or around you will be laughing or or thinking bad things yeah yeah
0: and is there bad thing
1: to- is dark. <laughs> so it sounds dark doesn't it but in terms of it, <laughs> yeah. oh, what's that wally doing up there kind of thing yeah
0: yeah, and it's so people all, and you got there really quickly actually, so thank you for that. Normally, people have to think about an answer to that question. But nearly always, we're protecting ourselves from looking stupid, being rejected. You know, as humans, I don't know if you know this, but we have two primary, like, inbuilt genetic fears we're always avoiding one is physical pain, the other is social ridicule.
1: Yep. Okay. And-
0: and if you had an experience when you were little where you felt that sting of social ridicule, one of the kindest, smartest, most evolved things you can do is avoid it.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. I mean, like I say, I think the fact that I can remember being in first year secondary school and going bright red and my teacher making fun of me, that has literally scarred me to, to this day, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it was such a silly thing, but,
0: but I guess silly. that's the fear. Not silly, you know, if you're if you're little and we don't have the benchmarks of knowing it's okay and to feel that feeling, like genuinely, Chris, this might sound sweeping, but at that time, it's akin to threatening your survival because social exclusion is. When we feel socially excluded, it is a genuine threat to our existence. We evolve in packs, we evolve in groups. So if it comes to like confidence coaching and nurturing, the first thing we have to do which might feel counterintuitive, but the first thing we have to do is actually thank those fears.
1: So cheers, Mrs Leavers, then. <laughs>
0: cheers. More <laughs> also cheers, little Chris.
1: Cheers, little Chris.
0: Cheers, little Chris, for, like, keeping you safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it was an all-boys school, 11 years old, first year of thing. Like you say, it's that uh, being accepted or rejected type thing as well, isn't it? So that makes sense, Yeah, yeah.
0: So thank you, little Chris, teenage Chris, all of the experiences where you've tried to keep yourself safe. Because what we tend to do, we can't fix self-doubt with self-doubt. So we can't beat ourselves up for not being something whilst also trying to be that very thing. So step number one in our coaching process is we have to thank and acknowledge all of your fears and experiences in the past that have done their best to try and keep you safe because they had your back.
1: I think keep you safe is, yeah, it's a great term, isn't it? It's just safer just to not, not bother, basically. And especially for me, running an agency, the obvious thing to do is get up on stage. And even though public speaking and getting on stage at events and stuff, you hear from other agency owners all the time, mm. that's how they win the majority of their business. The fact that I've never done it is holding me back, isn't it? I don't know, is it? I think it probably is, yeah, definitely. But then there's the imposter syndrome, what I'm going to talk about. I think that's the next bit, isn't it?
0: Okay, well, we can. there's two things there, and we can cover both of them directly. So I guess the first one, so we've got some beliefs that um, putting yourself out there is scary in some kind of way, and maybe that belief is holding you back. But it's important that we don't think of ourselves as self-sabotaging. You're actually just self-protecting, and it's served you, but now it's time for something new. So what might you like to believe instead
1: what am I, I like to believe instead? Mm. Um, well, I guess that that's just a walk in the park, nothing to be scared of. Got plenty to talk about. Can do it. Get on with it.
0: Yes. That feels like too much of a leap. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you went from zero to one a walk in the park. It isn't. This stuff isn't a walk in the park.
1: No, it's definitely not.
0: No, it's, it's, it's doable, but it's scary. So what might be the closest... Next thing that you can actually believe?
1: I guess just kind of the path that I'm almost on at the moment. So, doing this, for example, is putting myself out there. You know, you can watch or listen to me and laugh at me.
0: Can you give you think, me. What's he talking about? <laughs> yeah. By the <laughs> way, just a moment to say you're doing really well. I know this is quite intense. So, thank you. You're doing great. Thank you. Um, can you give me some examples, some real world examples? of when you have put yourself
1: out there and it was fine um i think that like i say the rebrand event that we did in in 2019 where you know we we everything was perfect the day was perfect it looked great we had this amazing brand to unveil and all i had to do was stand up as the proud owner in front of the people that had come to join us and and say thanks for coming and this is what it you know, this is our new brand, et cetera. So in that aspect, there's nothing there to be embarrassed of. There's nothing really to be fearful of. Um, yet that was a real world example of where, you know, I got scared. I was like, oh my God, what if I go bright red <laughs> or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you mentioned earlier that you're on this kind of journey where you're doing this stuff now, you know, recording this podcast, like being yep. in a situation like this. What else might you be able to do? that feels doable, that feels a bit scary, but not like so much that it's absolutely terrifying.
1: Well, in terms of professional life like this sort of thing, the next Yeah, things that you might
0: be able to do to keep like ever so slightly stretching your comfort zone a little bit.
1: I just think doing this more and more, things like this and um, yeah, more videos and things like that. I think I've found, you know, from the first one, literally looking at a camera and just laughing at yourself, and taking 100 takes. It took about 150 takes to intro this podcast with <laughs> a little clip we did. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> I think we ran out of battery on the camera in the end. Um, but just getting more and more comfortable with it. And, you know, like I say, it, it becomes a little bit easier each time. You kind of forget that you're filming, even in the end, don't you? Yeah. But the, still, the standing on stage thing, I'm not ready for that.
0: You don't have to be ready for that yet. We'll get there. You mentioned things like this. What are things like this?
1: Uh, Well, what we're doing right now. So basically, we're recording this podcast, we're chatting. I'm then going to put that out and publish it on on LinkedIn, on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, YouTube is going on YouTube and people, horrible people could do it. I'd never put it on Twitter. But (laughs) (laughs) you could put it on YouTube and and people could, um, yeah. You know, you get comments or whatever.
0: Okay, amazing. So I'm just making a note so I don't forget that. Okay, so one more question. So po- um, recording this podcast, that feels a bit scary. What would be the next thing to maybe stretch out a little bit further, the next scariest thing for you?
1: Um, I think it I, I, I'm trying to think of anything in between sort of doing a public speaking thing and and, and doing this. Perhaps... I think I, I think hiding behind the camera, you've got that safety net, haven't you? Because you can always re-record it. So I think it's got to be something in real life, hasn't it?
0: Real life or live, maybe?
1: Or live, yeah. Well, I'm doing a LinkedIn live tomorrow night, actually. So that's going to be... But I've got my safety net of four other people on it with me. So I'm not that scared of that.
0: Okay.
1: Doing it on my own, though. Yeah, that would be... That would be scary.
0: Which is scarier for you? Recording something live virtually on your own or speaking at a small in-person event? Which one feels like a bigger step?
1: Oh, speaking uh, at a small event.
0: Okay. So what we can do now is we're not gonna do it now because it'll take a little bit longer than we have, but I'm gonna invite you to go away. And I actually, I'm gonna, this is just not an, I'm actually gonna follow up on this. Okay. I want you to create a spreadsheet for me. Love a spreadsheet. Of specific things that you can do. Let's start with things you're already doing that feel scary, but you're doing it. So, all of this stuff. And then we're going to go to phase two. Phase two is that stuff that's just ever so, ever so slightly out of what you're doing at the moment. So, that feels like live videos. Mm -hmm. So, are there any, and an answer for me with specificity what can you commit to that's a live video? And give me some examples.
1: I guess a LinkedIn live and presenting something on there would probably be the most reachable wouldn't it? I mean that's an e- easy thing to set up
0: perfect so if i was if we had a bit more time and I was coaching you live, what I'd do now is i'd open the spreadsheet and we'd come up with a plan together. Okay. we can do this, we can do this, we can do this um, and then we'll and then all of the public speaking stuff we don't have to worry about that yet that's much further down the road because the way we build confidence is gently and incrementally. The way we safely build confidence is gently and incrementally, especially if you've had, and I'm gonna use the T word, some people push back on it, but if you've had a trauma in your childhood about feeling laughed at, we don't wanna push you too far. We want to build it gently. So can you create a spreadsheet for me with a list of specific actions, ideally dates when you're gonna do them, of yep. things that you can consistently do to ever so slightly keep stepping and expanding your comfort zone a little bit.
1: I can do that for you, yeah.
0: Amazing, thank you. Maybe you can share that. Oh my God, this will be so fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you could share that when you launch the podcast to show that you've done it.
1: Okay.
0: It and like hold you accountable to it. And then you're really being like, this is scary for me, but here's some things I'm going to try and do. And I think that would be inspiring for other people to see. Yeah, sure. Okay. So that's one thing. I'm going to park that for now. You mentioned topics that you don't know what to speak about. Mm. We can cover that briefly if that's helpful for you. Okay. Is that still true by the way? Because obviously you're doing all of this stuff and you obviously feel as though you've got things to talk about in this space. So is it true that you don't know your topic?
1: No, it's probably a load of rubbish, to be fair, isn't it? I mean, like I've been doing what I do for, for 20-odd years. I think this is quite easy for me, or easier, because I'm just talking about running an agency with other agency owners generally. So there's nothing that I could get asked or talk about that I haven't lived. Whereas in our industry, I mean, you're you're on Twitter, right? Which, you know, in our industry especially, if I was to put an SEO tip out, most SEOs feel like this, by the way. You know, there's always some clever dick that's going to try and pull a hole in whatever you're saying. So, therefore, it's almost safer not to talk about what we do as a, for a living a lot of the time. Because if you have an opinion, there's always someone trying to look smarter. Yes. And the way they're trying to look smarter is to make you look stupid, basically.
0: That happens for sure. Mm. I just shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: audio descriptive uh subtitles for, for podcast listeners
0: so what happens to you if a nameless voice on the internet uh says something is wrong in your work what happens really honestly I've,
1: it's never happened to me such would mm. um but what would happen i don't know i can imagine it'd be the same as being trolled by someone or something you know you'd probably feel like feel like shit you'd feel like that you know you'd feel stupid you'd feel like oh my god everyone's going to see this and think I don't know what I'm talking about I think that I think a lot of people in our industry probably relate to that
0: yeah I, I yeah and I understand that I think now obviously I've been you know I've, I've been speaking at SEO conferences for a long 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 time and um it used to bother me now if anything I enjoy it can you guess again? I'm gonna we're gonna go back into coaching. So for me, it used to bother me. Now, if anything, I find it quite amusing. Why? Why might that have changed for me? Do you think?
1: I don't know. You tell me.
0: I'm coaching you. Why might <laughs> <laughs> why might my perception on that have changed?
1: Maybe because you've encountered it before and you've learned how to deal with that, perhaps, and yeah. now you treat that as perhaps a, a bit of fun or a game and get enjoyment out of fighting back I don't know what do you fight back do you ignore it how do you deal with it
0: no I ignore it completely ignore it but you're absolutely right in the the same process that we're going to go on with the magic spreadsheet we have to go on that process with anything actually and I um, I'll share a brief story so I I don't know if you've seen but I'm organizing this big conference at the moment
1: well, I've seen, I was going to ask you about that because you, you've kind of put yourself out there as not confident that you were going to sell the tickets, weren't you, in one of your posts? Yeah. And then you sold like 420 in the first week or something.
0: I know. <laughs> but... <laughs> but...
1: Rubbing our hands together for anyone that can't see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with pride not in as like a sinister kind of way <laughs> like a Mr Burns kind of vibe <laughs> but do you know what I had a real moment because I and I'm going to connect this back to you but yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I remember when I was running my agency uh, it's 2017 we were probably at our biggest I think we probably had about 60k MMR at the time um big clients and I remember like agonizing over whether to invest £3,000 in sponsoring a conference. I was agonizing over that because that investment, I I wanted to speak at the conference. That's why I was thinking about sponsoring it. But I was so terrified in the early stages of running my business, of losing everything, that it it was um, like I was catatonic with that fear. I really struggled to be able to make any kind of investment in growth because I clung so tightly to my revenue. Like I held onto it because I was so scared. Um, And I realized that the money I have invested in this conference, like literally could not be more different. The risk, the financial risk of putting the amount of money down that is required for an event of that scale And I have less, like, incoming revenue now than I did then. But the thing that changed, and the reason I'm telling you this story, is I lost everything. 2020, bottom fell out of my business. I, when I, yeah, the beginning of 2020, I had, like, enough money to pay maybe two months rent. Like, nothing. Lost all of my cash. And there'd been lots of other stuff that was happening as well. And I realized when I'd seen the difference between those two women that the thing that shifted, the thing that changed, was nothing about objective fact about how much money was coming in. The thing that changed was the worst case scenario happened and I was fine. Obviously, it hurt, it was difficult. So I had to scrabble myself back up. But truly, the way that we learn to uh, deal with trolls, to feel okay by putting ourselves out there, is very tediously and frustratingly by putting ourselves out there. But it has to be incrementally. We don't need to go zero to hero. We can go, okay, what's the smallest next step that I can take to gently stretch out of my comfort zone? And if we do that systematically over a period of years, there is a version of Chris five years from now. I can swear here, can't I? Oh, yeah, yeah there's a version of Chris five years years from now that does not give a shit to what people on the internet say but it's only by putting yourself in that space allowing yourself to feel that feeling and realizing that you survive and it's okay that's the I think it's what
1: you get out of it as well isn't it I mean it's like posting on LinkedIn for me I've I have become a bit numb to that because actually I've run loads of business off of it. So do yeah. you know what? If if the occasional post someone thinks whatever, it's like well I'm winning in in the long run, aren't
0: I? And they will, they will. Like it's it's. I try to think about the person, and maybe you can help me with this. I've tried to think about the person that's the most well liked, universally by everyone, and the only person I can think of is David Attenborough, and loads of people hate him.
1: Do they? What's oh he yeah. done to anyone?
0: You will. Well, honestly, you will find so many corners of the internet of people trolling the shit out of David Attenborough. Wow. Like there is Such not a, a single. Man. Yeah. <laughs> there is not a single person on this planet that, that, the moment you put yourself out there, respond. Everybody likes and everybody responds. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Doesn't exist. It really doesn't. And I think as long as you're doing things from a positive intention, then you're all right. You know. So. I've gone out of coaching a little bit now, but I guess my advice to you on the fear of being trolled is to allow yourself to be trolled.
1: Great. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so any trolls we're welcome here.
1: Welcome, welcome to absolutely slate me and just destroy me. Yeah. We're, recruiting. It? Cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're recruiting for trolls. So please fill in this application form. Um, so let's revert back ever so slightly to topics. So we went slightly on a tangent on trolling. Um, one thing I will say, actually, just, and I'm not coaching now, now I'm just talking, but one thing I will say on trolling is I have a little mantra, if you will. That might, that might be a bit of a heavy word for many people, but I have a belief in a thought that I think about sometimes, which is, do you know who's a really nice person? Most people.
1: Yeah, that's true, yeah.
0: Like, it's really true that most people are nice. And I'm sure you're finding this. You know, I don't know you, but we're having a big, vulnerable, open conversation about our life story. I've known you for 29 minutes.
1: Plus <laughs> a couple of chats before, so maybe 34 minutes, 35 <laughs>
0: 34 minutes. minutes. <laughs> like most people are genuinely really, really nice, but because as humans we remember the bad stuff more than the good, it's just a genetic predisposition. It's just what we do. Like one person could be horrible to you. And we forget the 999 people that have your back.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's It's just
0: the way we work. So this is abstract and ethereal, but trying to remember all of the nice, kind people that are rooting for you, that don't troll you, that will go, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was really nice to hear that you get nervous. All of the many people listening to, to this now relating with you. This is where we need to put our focus on. Because they are, they very, very much outweigh the trolls.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially people starting businesses that know they need to put themselves out there and see the value of it, but are too scared to, basically, I think.
0: Can you it's give me right. an example? And we're back in coaching. Can you oh. give me... <laughs> I remember. I remember. Can you give me an example of when someone's, like, being nice to you about something you shared on the internet all within your business
1: or whatever, took you by surprise? I get taken by surprise a lot of the time, yeah. A lot of people um, will message me and say, you know, really appreciate your honesty and everything else. I had someone um, outside an event I was at the other day uh, who came up and spoke to me and and said, just love your honesty, love what you put out. And I was thinking, oh, wow, okay, that really does hit home. It's nice to hear that. Um, Because I don't try to paint the picture of we're always winning. That's one of my sort of bugbears in in our industry is a lot of people just put the good stuff out, the highlight reel, and and pretend that their business is winning all the time. Mm. But I think it can also have a negative impact in that it can make you look weak. It can make you look like, oh, maybe your business is in trouble.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I might suggest for you to do so I always, like confidence is a habit like any other habits we form it through repetition and practice and patience and persistence so can you for me <laughs> Next time you, someone says something mean, or you find yourself worrying about people being mean, or you say, "I'm not going to share this on Twitter." Oh, I've got an idea. I'm not going to put it on oh, Twitter. Oh, I'm not
1: going on there. It's a dirty place, Twitter. <laughs>
0: isn't isn't there joy? There are, there are, of course, but like anywhere else, there's joy on Twitter, and kindness, and wonderful people on Twitter. So next time you have a
1: I don't know what feed you're looking at, then Kirsty.
0: Well, I to be fair, I curate this stuff. I think I mean, about
1: my... her. Huh? I, I saw um, a, a post from someone the other day, and it was pretty dark, I guess. But it was an air show in the US, and these two planes collided, and everyone commented, well, "Why did you just stand there and video it?" And, and people were like, "Well, she's not Aquaman. What do you want her to do?" do I...?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it is important where we put our focus and attention. I think a lot of people think that um, social media is bad. People will say, like, how could you make social media not bad for your confidence, for example? The way you do that is you curate it so it isn't. Like, I think of social media as like an extension of my home. Because it kind of is. Like, my brain is in there. Like, I spend many hours a day in the realm of social media. Like, my consciousness is in social media. So I am not, in the same way, I'm not going to let horrid trolls into my living room, I'm not going to let them onto my social media spaces. So the curation of social media, I think, is maybe one of the most important things we can do for our confidence. Because if we consistently invest our energy and our time looking at the people that we don't like, the content that we don't like, the people that are being mean, what we do is we just, that becomes our worldview. And then it becomes a really hard place for us to show up. You know, if we, all we see is people being mean to each other and being horrible and criticising each other, then of course it's going to be scary for but us.
1: that's Twitter, Kirsty.
0: It <laughs> isn't, Chris. is isn't the <laughs> Twitter that you see. And that's
1: all that I see when I go on there, yeah.
0: And that's not to say that that doesn't exist on Twitter. Of course it exists on Twitter. But you know what else exists on Twitter? The Women in Tech SEO community, Areej, Joe Glover. Like, there is so many awesome, wonderful, incredible people on Twitter that exist there too yeah yeah and so i think like it's it. important that we like acknowledge the reality but also don't let like acknowledge the reality and the reality is there are some assholes on twitter and there are some really really nice people on there too
1: so i think i mean yeah i, I get that and and yeah i do see some of the nice people on there as well but I, mean, I think using linkedin as an example the stuff i put on linkedin i would never put on twitter
0: it's so interesting it's scary because, i mean we Sorry, You're not go going
1: to get abused on LinkedIn for that, but you probably would on Twitter. So I wouldn't dare put it on there. I'd put a, I'd put a video of a duck getting, you know, <laughs> thrown up by a water jet or something. But I wouldn't put, or a funny video, or, or something about football. But I wouldn't put anything about um, my work probably on there.
0: This is so interesting, and I think this maybe just shows like how different, like subjective experience, like creates perceptions on things. I find linkedin as a place much more hostile than i've ever found on twitter really the amount of abuse i've got on linkedin way extends i like linkedin i'm happy to show up there it's great but for me i've had the opposite experience in that like i like the stuff i get on linkedin and maybe because algorithmically it's easier to kind of go viral in inverted commas on linkedin um like the i've had i've had someone gave me a death threat on linkedin once yeah, like oh, I've had cool. bad, bad stuff on. Never on Twitter, but for me, LinkedIn's always been a slightly more uh, hostile place. Because I think, yeah, I, I wonder why that is. I, but I think there's just like different things for different. That's people.
1: completely different perceptions, isn't it?
0: That's yeah.
1: What's really I've never had touch wood. I've never really had a negative experience on LinkedIn.
0: Well, we are applying for trolls so <laughs> we
1: are applying for trolls so i mean yeah i'm sure in the next week or so everyone will just abuse me but <laughs> the, um, but yeah touch wood i've never had anything like that so i guess that's why i feel it's a bit of a safe space whereas that's nice. like i say interestingly whenever i go on twitter and i i appreciate there are some nice people on there all you ever see is people in the comments just hating on each other, basically. Yeah,
0: there is a bit of that. And and again, we don't need to if Twitter is not your space, Twitter is not your space and that's lovely. And that's wonderful. And it's great that you found that kind of safe space on LinkedIn.
1: One of the challenges of this LinkedIn thing is though, I've got to promote it on
0: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share it for you.
1: I'll share it for
0: you. I'll be like nice people of Twitter. Can we prove that Twitter is full of nice people, please? As well, we're,
1: we're, we're looking for trolls, and we thought this would be a good place to find them.
0: <laughs> we are troll hunting. Um, amazing. Okay, thank you. So, in the interests of time, I mean, towards the end, that we were just chatting, which I really enjoyed. Thank you for talking to me and sharing your stories with me. As
1: well. um,
0: when I was coaching you. Uh, what did you notice from the experience
1: uh, in what way sorry
0: just anything anything I mean obviously it's a weird what was I? let me try and ask that question in a better way what was I doing when I was coaching you
1: uh well you were just listening and writing some notes down
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it felt like you were I don't know it felt like you were studying what I was saying yeah and getting ready to ask, ask the next question I guess
0: Lovely. I'm glad you said that because that's kind of exactly what it is. So if you're and trying to make this people make it really applicable for agency owners listening to this, who might have members of their team who do struggle with confidence a little bit. One of the most powerful things you can do is listen. And like actually listen. You're a good listener. Have you learned to listen?
1: I'm learning to listen. Mm. (laughs) I'm not a good listener. Uh, so so that's one of the things that, especially over the last couple of years, my wife pointed it out, actually, is like, I don't let people finish speaking. And because I'm generally in my head, I know what they're saying before they finish the sentence. So I then butt in and, and try and answer it. And I made a real conscious decision that, yeah, it was something I didn't like about myself. So I I've really sort of tried to just shut up now and listen.
0: <laughs> it comes across. Thank you. I'm the same. I think my natural inclination, and this happened a bit when we were just chatting because we were like, oh, I've got a thing to say. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm
1: getting in first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> my natural inclination is to just like talk, talk, talk. But I really learned to listen. And I use the word learn really intentionally. Like I went on a 16 week program to learn how oh, to wow. listen. And there's actually like eight different levels of listening. We're not going to talk about them now. But if there's someone on your team that's stressed, overwhelmed, the most powerful thing you can do is just sit back and listen. Research has shown when we feel listened to it lowers our cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And also I think a lot of people have what they need within them. You know, if you've got someone on your team, for example, that like gets really nervous in client calls, I see this a lot. Mm. Rather than going, okay, well make sure you're prepared before the client call or whatever, it's more powerful to listen and go, Okay, so tell me about that. What happens? How does it feel? Ask some questions, let them feel heard, and then go, Okay, so if you felt less nervous when talking to a client, what would you be doing differently?
1: And do you know what? I think that's a really good point because, like, although my fear here, I'm sitting here as an agency and I'm scared to go on stage, there's more junior people that, like you say, are too scared to even go on a client call or too scared to present. Probably for exactly the same reason, because they don't, uh, that fear of, oh, looking stupid or whatever. Whereas I guess a client call or something for me is, because I've done it for so long, there's, it's going to be really unusual for me to experience something I've not experienced before. So, therefore, it's quite a comfortable thing to deal with, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of like mm. that point about, you know, stuff where we have to put ourselves out there for the majority of us is scary. It just is. The aim of the game is never for this stuff not to be scary. Eventually, if we do it enough, it might get there. The aim of the game is acknowledge it's scary, uh, thank ourselves for the fears that we've had in the past, and find a small incremental next step. And then suddenly you'll get, how long have you been running your agency?
1: Uh, 14 years.
0: Yeah, suddenly you
1: get fifteen years down the line and you're not
0: scared of client calls
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah. You start there. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And it's uh, and it's really flattering that you've said like I'm a good listener. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself there <laughs> because <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what's interesting is I've learned that in these few podcasts I've done right. So it was the the thing where both of you tried to talk, and if you're doing a podcast, that's really obvious, and it sounds it sounds shit. And the other thing that um, my COO said, put it out to me after listening to the first one that I did was he was like, people were talking, then you'd be like, yeah, yeah, Agree. And So that's why I'm sitting here nodding silently and I'm learning how to listen. So I, I'm very much on the journey of learning to not interrupt.
0: And it is learning. So do you find when I first learned to listen, because a lot of people will communicate and they're not listening, but they're actually just sitting waiting to respond or scripting their response. And we have to learn to just actually really listen to someone and give someone our presence and our focus. And I remember when I first learned to do it, I found it so hard. And then eventually you realize that, you know, what to say in the moment and we can trust ourselves to not script everything. Yeah. And I I also think it's a really valuable skill with clients because if you can be the agency that just listens There'll be something about you that clients really like and they won't necessarily be able to articulate it. But as humans, we really like space to talk and we like to feel heard. So yeah, listening, I'm all about it now.
1: Honestly, I think the other thing that I've learned on the listening front is actually, yeah, if you just pause and just let the person, you think they've finished speaking and the old me would think they've finished speaking or or like I say, I would take the last three words of what they were saying because I already knew the last three words and I would speak over them. Um, But actually, they then continue to speak. So actually, you get more information out of that person by just giving that pause at the end, that Mm -hmm. time for them to speak a bit more, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: I'm going to ask you one last big coaching question. Okay. Maybe two. Um, If you felt as though you were a more confident version of yourself, what would you be doing differently? In business? Generally.
1: Um. I think in business, I would probably be networking a lot more. I'd be going out a lot more. I'd be putting myself out there a lot more. And I think that would benefit my business massively. From a personal point of view, I guess probably probably be more sociable, etc., I guess.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was just making notes. So on your spreadsheet, so my ne- if, again, if we had the time, I'd go, okay, so what do we need to do for you to do more of that? That would be the next question. So on your magic spreadsheet, I want you to find some local, some networking ways in which you can network, ways in which you can, you mentioned going out more. What would that look like? Where could you go? And try and find some small things. And remember, we've got phase one, phase two, phase three. We might have phase four, five, and six. We don't have to take it on, but we're going to, and basically what we do is we take these fears that can feel so insurmountable and so individual and we just turn them into a plan and it becomes a little step-by-step plan and at no point are you going to dive off into the deep end you're just going to incrementally do little things and like we learn to feel more comfortable on client calls it sinks in and in a few years you will be networking and you'll be standing on stages at some point you've mentioned it a lot so it will happen
1: i think (laughs) it's just something i know i've got to do to push my business forward but Scared of doing it, basically.
0: Yeah, it's really scary. Yeah, yeah. The amount of people that say to me, oh my God, Kirsty, I find public speaking so scary. And I'm always like, yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how do you deal with that then? How do you overcome it?
0: First thing is you don't try to overcome it. So in your past, did you ever like, have you ever played sports or ever? You played sports? Okay, what did you play?
1: Yep, I played tennis.
0: Did you ever, like, compete?
1: Yeah, nearly every week.
0: Okay, awesome. This is where my knowledge of tennis gets a little ropey. (laughs) Before the the match, before the serve, (laughs) (laughs) would you get nervous?
1: Uh, In a final, maybe, if there was a crowd watching, yeah. So I used to play in a lot of tournaments. I used to sort of play, um, like, county level and played in tournaments, so... Uh, generally at the beginning of a tournament There'd be a hundred kids there In a knockout first round um, No one's really watching Apart from your dad Maybe um, But if you got to a final Then yeah You know That's all of a sudden It's uh, There's a few people watching there But I think you'd, you'd be nervous at the beginning But then after that It disappears Yeah
0: Exactly So if you ask any athlete Any performer Anyone who's ever been on a stage Or competed Do you get nervous? They always say yes yeah. And it's almost like in the way you do, people tend to go, yeah, you do. You do get nervous. Eventually it wears off. And there's this almost this kind of inconsequential obviousness about nerves. But in business, we think they're bad. Mm. In business environments, we think we shouldn't be nervous before standing on stages. We think we shouldn't be nervous before meetings. That isn't the aim of the game. The aim of the game is to not overcome the nerves. The aim of the game is to almost like open the door and let them in. And to be like, oh, hello, nerves. And sometimes the nerves get so debilitating that we literally can't speak or express or communicate our ideas. Or we just don't put ourselves out there. And at that point, there's certain techniques that people can do. um, And we don't have time to talk about it now. But I've got like a free nerve regulation webinar that if people want to learn how to regulate their nerves, great. But for most of us, actually, we just need to understand that we don't need to get rid of them. They're not bad. They're, nat- they're a natural, normal part of the process, passing physiological phenomena that means nothing about our abilities. Because you're nervous about public speaking, that doesn't mean that you'd be bad at public speaking. That's just... The nerves are just a feeling that you have about it. But it doesn't... Yeah, mean- yeah, I
1: could... Was, it was the fear of, yeah, getting up there and, like you say, fumble for words and want the ground to swallow you up and you've got nowhere to run.
0: And you probably would, you know. First few times, you'd get on a stage, you'd, you'd be a bit shit, mate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure I would. <laughs>
0: That's what, and if, like, there's early videos of me speaking, I was, and I'm not, like, I was shit because I was a beginner.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit like me on this. I'm, you know, it's not going to be as polished as it will be after a few episodes because
0: we have never done it. Exactly. So when you think about public speaking, don't expect perfection. Bumble your way through it. Stutter your way through it. Just get through it. And know that, like anything else, we're a beginner. And when we're new at things, we do make mistakes. Your hands might shake. You might get nervous. You might draw a blank. You might mess up your words and it'll be fine. There's someone who stood on a stage to 16,000 people, totally forgot what I was saying, drew a blank, wow. really freaked out. It's fine. It feels all 16,000
1: people, where was that?
0: It was a virtual thing and my internet kept going out and I just lost oh, it. Oh no. I totally unraveled, I totally unraveled. And at the time, for like two days, it was excruciating. And that was 18 months ago. And now I literally couldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way we work.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. So where can people find out more about you, Kirsty, and get your help?
0: Um, people always ask me this question. I never know what to say. Well, I'm Confidence
1: the... Live. Let's plug that first then.
0: Okay. Confidence Live. So Confidence Live is the conference I'm organizing that I mentioned earlier. Probably going to be about a thousand people, incredible speakers all around confidence, motivation, self-improvement. So if you've listened to this today and thought, I'd like some of that, maybe you might want to look at Confidence Live. Um, and if you're interested in me and my work, I'm very findable on the Internet. And my name is Kirsty Halls. No privacy concerns here.
1: <laughs> are, you, are you on Twitter?
0: I'm all over the place. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm even on um, Mastodon. What's it called?
1: Master? I've never heard of that, what's that? Oh, it's
0: a new... I think I've just said it like someone's grand. I don't think I pronounced it right. <laughs> it's a new one that all the cool young kids are on, Chris.
1: Oh, that's why I've never heard of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's why I can't pronounce it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, I found that really interesting, and um, I will complete the spreadsheet,
0: Yeah.
1: and we'll go from there.
0: Complete the spreadsheet, share the spreadsheet, and then everyone listening can... Hold you lightly accountable to doing small little steps on your journey towards a more confident you.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: Thanks, Chris. Brilliant. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you very much, Kirsty. No, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it.
0: Bye. Bye.